helping you unwind after a long day of work. I think he's kind of a boob. Ken really taking the day south as a person. You can't go out there and be a moron. It doesn't work like that. The Nightcap. We're eating their food. On WGR Sports Radio 550. You know, I got more requests from people asking about the Ted DiBiase theme. As my last name is DiBiase, I'm now being greeted by hundreds of school children right outside the window here. Like a zoo animal in here. At least none of them are tapping on the window. That happened once. Just sitting in here, you know, once in a while, usually it's like the KISS guys. They bring in classes or groups of kids or whatever. It's cool, like the radio stations. Like, it's a cool place to go on a field trip. I would have loved to do that back in elementary school or middle school. And the one time, this kid had the nerve to tap on the glass. Literally. Like, you're not even supposed to do that to, like, the fish. Hi, everybody. Um, But, yeah, anyways, I was saying, I got a couple requests from people that, uh, Want to hear the Ted DiBiase theme more? That little DiBiase announcement uh, with the woman there in the open is actually from the WWE introducing Ted DiBiase Jr. So maybe we'll incorporate a little bit more of the uh, of the wrestling stuff. I should probably just embrace it, right? There's one famous person in the world with the same last name as me. I should probably just go ahead and dive full into the uh, the million dollar man mantra. I don't. I can't call myself the million dollar man though, and the thousand dollar man just like. It doesn't have the same ring to it. It's not a good nickname. Not a good nickname at all. I know it's been uh, it's been suggested. But I'm, everybody, uh, in a good mood today? This is going to be a lot more positive show than I think last Monday. You know, these Monday shows, it it's, it's fast and furious. I got a half hour here because we got Monday Night Football for you every Monday starting at 7.30. Tonight's a good one, Chiefs and Chargers. Um, interesting, by the way, I've been playing around with the New York Times uh, playoff machine a lot. I used to use the ESPN playoff machine a lot, uh, but now I'm on to the New York Times one because they provide simulations, they provide odds, and you can still pick all the games. And for some reason, I don't really know why this would be, the Bills' playoff odds go up 4%. If the Chiefs lose tonight and the Chargers win, and my thought about that is I'm not really thinking about Kansas City at all. Like, are people, like, is Oakland really supposed to be some serious contender for the AFC West? Because unless Oakland takes over Kansas City, the Chiefs don't matter to the Bills in the playoff race. But, anyways, you got Chiefs and Chargers tonight. Kickoff at 8.15. We'll get you to coverage in about 20 minutes here. 8030550 is the phone number, by the way. If anything interests you that you hear that you want to get in on, you want to tell me I'm an idiot? Go right ahead. We're uh, we're taking calls in the next 20 minutes. Uh, 5550 is the text line at Sneaky Joe WGR on Twitter. But like I said, last Monday, yeah, I was in a bad place with this team. I really was. The quarterback, the offense, all of it. And I'm not all the way there. When I was on pregame with Nate Geary yesterday, or maybe it was even postgame, the question came up, okay, what happens if they do have that big offensive game? And when they did have that big offensive game, like what does that mean? Does that get rid of all the conversation we had last week, worrying about the quarterback, worrying about the offense, worrying about the offensive coordinator, and whether this is all something that can be repeated over the course of multiple years and not just, hey, this year, easy schedule, great defense. They're capitalizing on that. Do we have things that we can look at and point to that are sustainable? And I'm not all the way there. I mean, they beat Miami. Yeah, sure, Dolphins had won two games in a row. But don't kid yourself. That team was not dangerous at all. 
They are the least talented team in football. They're the least talented team I have seen on a football field, an NFL football field, in my lifetime. They're actively tanking. The front office, at least. Like, the players aren't, the coaching staff aren't. But that roster is designed to tank. So, while, of course, great game from Josh Allen, great game from the offense, 37 points, to me, what yesterday did was just to hit the pause button on all that we talked about last week. All those worries, all those questions about how good Josh Allen really is, you just hit pause on it. He did what he was supposed to do. And really, we've been waiting for that. Because he's had several opportunities. They played Miami earlier. They played an Eagles team with a really depleted secondary. They played a bad Washington team. They played a below-average Browns defense. They've played multiple games this season where you'd think to yourself, all right, this is the game. Favorable matchup. Let's see Josh Allen go off. And it didn't happen until yesterday, but it did happen. It finally happened. And to me, I'm in a good place about that. I'm not going to harp on the fact that it took too long and that where was this performance against the other games because, yes, they could have another win or two on their record right now had Josh Allen looked like he did yesterday in different games, New England and the Browns game in particular. Those games were available. All you needed was the offense to be productive, to have the offense even look something like they did yesterday, and you win those two games. And maybe you'd be sitting at 8-1, 9-1, which is a crazy thought to have. But they did their job, and really I've got no complaints. They looked the way they should look. It wasn't just a, you know, a modest game from Josh Allen. It was a great game from Josh Allen. He was accurate. He was hitting receivers in stride. He was seeing things that he should have been seeing. Now he was getting the help. He was getting the protection. There were a couple throws where I'm sure if you watched the game, you noticed this. Josh Allen was standing in the pocket for 10 seconds, maybe. Was there a play where he stood there for 10 seconds? There was one play, I think, about where he stood in the pocket and looked left, looked right, looked left, looked right, like back and forth. Like he had all the time in the world, and he finally found Isaiah McKenzie over the middle. So he got a lot of help yesterday. But he looked poised. He looked accurate. He still looks so dangerous running the football. And maybe the one thing that I harped on more than anything last week was that I wanted to see the Bills start to use Josh Allen like he is Cam Newton 2.0. And what we saw yesterday is, again, how dangerous of a runner he is. He runs for over 50 yards, another rushing touchdown. He's up to seven on the year. Five players in the league have more rushing touchdowns than him since the beginning of last year. I think the list is Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones and Todd Gurley McCaffrey, James Conner. All running backs, that's it. He's right there. The only player in NFL history that has had a pace like this for rushing touchdowns is Cam Newton. And I do want to see the Bills continue to use that. Because if he continues to be an elite running quarterback with just the running part of it, then honestly, this is the same thing we saw with Cam Newton over the last decade, him just being an average passer can equal a franchise quarterback. And yesterday, he was a better-than-average passer, and that's a big reason why you put up 37 points. Now, the next step is, do that against a good defense. And here comes a much tougher slate of opponents. 
Denver is a top five defense. You play them this week. Dallas has an above average defense. You play them next week. Then you play Baltimore. They held Deshaun Watson in the Houston offense to nothing yesterday. One of the most dynamic offenses in football. Baltimore shut them down. Then the week after that, you have Pittsburgh, who offensively might be one of the worst teams in football. Defensively, they're almost like the Bills in this respect. Their defense is what is winning them games. They have a great defense. Top 10 in the league. Total defense, I think they're 7th. Then you have New England, who's been the best defense in football this season. And then the Jets, and they suck. But other than that, other than the Jets, the rest of your opponents have at least a good defense. And you have a couple that are truly great. And now comes the stiffer test. Can Allen have a game like he did yesterday against a good defense? Like a legitimately good defense. And that is still worth wondering. That is still in question. But all in all, he gave you hope that he has the capability of having that performance. Because it wasn't just who their opponent was yesterday. Some of those John Brown throws, the touchdown, the 40-yard touchdown, is him recognizing a cover two defense and slinging the ball on a rope to the guy in stride. That play is not being stopped by any defense that's in cover two. That was not a pers- that was not Allen taking advantage of the other team's personnel. That was Allen recognizing the coverage the defense was in and hitting the ball with accuracy, putting it right where he needed to put it. That pass happens against every team in the league that's in that play, in that spot. So he was making plays yesterday, like that one, that made me think, all right, that that could have happened against Denver. That could have happened against New England. But he still has to do it. Because to this point, the offense, for in large part this season, has been very underwhelming. And this is the first game, really, of the season that they've showed they're even capable of having a big performance, a boom type of game. Now let's see it against someone that's not the Miami Dolphins who are tanking. That's the next step. And I think this next game is a big test for that. You are at home. You are against a team that I do not think is going to score many points on you. Like, this Bills defense should... Brandon Allen, man, like you should be able to hold that off the Denver offense to under, I don't know, six under sixteen points. Fair, like I think it's fair to expect that this defense is still great. They have a hole. They have some questions about stopping the run, but all in all, I think this is a great defense still. But they have a great defense too, and that's where the challenge will come in, because. You got a Brandon Allen on one side, you've got a Josh Allen on the other side. Both are going to be going up against great defenses next week. What's going to give? Who's going to be the quarterback more capable of carving out a solid day against a tough opponent? And I think it should absolutely be fair to expect that Josh Allen, a seventh overall pick, a top 10 pick, a guy you traded up three, was it three times to get? The guy that you've invested your entire franchise in. It should be fair to expect he's going to do much better against a tough defense than a guy who I hadn't heard of three weeks ago, hadn't played a lick of football in the NFL in his first three seasons, and was an undrafted rookie when he even came into the league in Brandon Allen against a good defense. Allen should be significantly better. And that's why I absolutely think it's fair to expect the Bills should win this game. 
They're favored by five and a half, I think. Win that game. The Bills are in a spot. I've been playing a lot. I've been playing around a lot with the New York Times playoff machine today. The Bills, it's it's funny. One game really affects their playoff odds. Nine and seven, and they're at fifty-three percent to make it, depending on what their wins are. Because the Dallas game mixes this up a little bit because it'd be a non-conference win, and the conference wins are your uh, your top tiebreaker. So the Dallas game messes with it a little bit. For the most part, though. If the Bills go 9 and 7, they're 52% to make the playoffs. If the Bills go 10 and 6, they are 98% to make the playoffs. They need to find 3 wins. And when I look at their schedule, a lot of it is tough. And even though I'm still not convinced they're legitimately good, I do believe they should be expected to win 3 of these games. Denver, Pittsburgh, and the Jets in particular. I'm even throwing Pittsburgh in there cuz they're like Denver to me. Great defense. But when push comes to shove, and you've got two great defenses on the field, and you have to wonder which offense is going to struggle more, I'll take Josh Allen over Mason Rudolph. And I will absolutely take Josh Allen over Brandon Allen. That's not a very high bar. And even though I'm still left wondering how good Allen is, I think it's a bar he can clear. 8030550 is the phone number. Maybe you're in Miami. Let me know what you thought. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to John. John, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Good. How are you today? Good, good. Went to the game yesterday. What a tremendous win. All right. You and a lot of Bills fans, I saw. Absolutely. I've got to say it was like New Era South. I mean, it, if it wasn't 70-30 Bills fans, it was definitely 60-40. I thought one of the greatest things was to see the Bills linemen, the defensive linemen, you know, encouraging the crowd to make noise. I mean, it, it had to be so yeah. confusing for the Dolphins, you know. It uh, it was really neat to see. Yeah, it really. Hey, fun. John, thanks for the call, man. I I I um, that's a couple games this year that we've kind of seen that the Tennessee game, like what is this three four away games maybe this year where the Bills defense is like waving their arms like trying to get the crowd into it because they know how many Bills fans are in attendance. This team travels. These this team's fan base travels better than almost anyone in football. Like right up there. I'm not a big fan of everybody just saying, oh, we have the best fans in the world. Because everybody says that. Truly, everybody says that. And I won't just crown the Bills having the best fans in sports, but they're right up there. How many fan bases travel like this fan base does? And it's not even like they're a Super Bowl contender right now. Like, imagine if this team was like 9-1 and one and Allen was... What if they were the Bills were the Chiefs right now? Then what would it be, look like in away stadiums? I think John maybe was exaggerating a little bit there. I'm not sure it was 70-30 Bills fans to to Dolphins fans, but if they had a Mahomes-level offense and like those kinds of expectations and that kind of success, then maybe it would look like that. Even right now, we're seeing, yeah, they're 7-3, but, like, come on. Maybe there are fans out there like, oh, just look at the records, all that matters. And in the standings, it kind of is, but... They're not like a real they're not really a seven and three team. I don't want I don't want to be a Debbie Downer before I get out of here because I got like two minutes and I don't want to end on a negative note, but they're not a real seven and three team. They're not. I think they're more like a five and five, six and six and four football team. They're good enough to take advantage of an easy schedule. And their defense is great. So they're good enough to take advantage of that. But I'm still in a position. Today didn't change this for me. Like they they did what they were supposed to do. They whooped Miami in their own building. 
But if they had the Browns schedule up to this point, and I think the Browns are top five in the league in strength of schedule. The Bills have had the easiest schedule in football this year. If you flip that, I think we're talking about a 500 football team. Doesn't have to be true, but it's definitely left wondering. It's left. It's it's worth considering. They'll have a, They'll they will absolutely though have a chance to prove anybody that even has that thought wrong. Because here come the tougher games. And if they have some good wins here, like if they beat Baltimore, and I know it's at home, but if they beat Baltimore, who, like I, I just looked at the, the list of quarterbacks that the Ravens have just beat. They've beaten, they beat Deshaun Watson yesterday. They beat Brady two weeks ago. And they beat Russell Wilson three weeks ago. Three of maybe the top five to ten quarterbacks in football right now, the Ravens just smashed. They beat the Ravens by 34. They beat the Patriots by 17. They beat the Seahawks by 14. The Ravens are throttling everybody. A win like that, and nobody's left wondering how good this Bills team is. Like They are legitimately good if that happens. The New England game would do would be the same effect. At Foxborough, would absolutely have that same effect. And they're in flux right now, too. They're having some of the same issues. Brady is on a radio show today, not taking credit, not taking any blame for the struggles of their offense. But he keep, kept saying in this interview, I wish I had the audio right offhand here, but I don't have time to get to it. Brady was talking about, hey, our offense, not the strength of our team. We need to score more points. And then he wouldn't take any of the blame when they tried to ask him about it. So they're in flux right now in their offense. They're having some issues. so But that win would do that. And even you win at Dallas on Thanksgiving, people will absolutely respect you. Going on the road in their building, that's like their game. The 4 o'clock Thanksgiving game. That is Dallas Cowboys football. You win that game, people take notice. So they'll have at least three opportunities to really cast or just completely eradicate any doubt on how good they really are. But we'll see. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. i got to get out of here. Um, we'll get you to Monday Night Football right after the break here. Chiefs and Chargers. Stay tuned. That's coming up next here on WGR.